0: Aloha, folks. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 111. This podcast is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest producer of rum. Celebrate all things tiki by getting a bottle today. For more information, go to TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at USA. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarT-ShirtClub.com. Today we visit the Orange County U.S. Bartenders Guild. So a couple weeks ago, I was graciously invited by Amin Benny to attend the Orange County U.S. Bartender Guild's Tiki Night being held at Tiki Farm. The event was sponsored by Plantation Rum with a Hawaiian barbecue buffet and cocktails crafted by the Blind Rabbit. This episode is the first segment in a two-part series, and in this segment we chat with Benny and his counterpart Mariah Tatham to learn what USBG is all about, followed by a detailed symposium on plantation rum by Larry Stites, their Western U.S. regional manager. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you, and if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to desertoasisroom.com and click on the donate button. Every donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Okay, I won't keep you any longer. Here's part one of the Orange County U.S. Bartenders Guild Tiki Night Extravaganza.
1: What are you drinking right now? I'm doing the milk punch. Okay, so we have uh, the plantation milk punch, and uh, no, it's it's phenomenal. I know. I had three of them. Did you? <laughs> oh, it's so good.
0: Everyone's like, "How are you getting all these?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm just asking for them." So, and they, and I know the guys are blind rabbit.
1: They're like. And you're a celebrity in the scene, sir. No, no, so. not,
0: no, no,
1: not really. But I'll take it. Now nah, you are. <laughs> you, you know what? You. Listen, if if you are in the Smuggler's Code book, you're actually a star. Oh, <laughs> in our in our
2: eyes, right, Mariah? Exactly. When you're That's reading so that nice. book, you're like, oh, you're officially an idol now. Your name is written in print. That's it's so official. nice. <laughs> That's
0: so nice. Well, thank you guys, and thank you for having me here, by the way. And for our listeners that don't know who you're hearing on the mic. This is Benny and Mariah, who are part of the United States Bartenders Guild. Am I saying that right? You are saying yeah. that right. Okay, let's, let's find out exactly what your roles are. I think that you said, Benny, you're part of the Orange County chapter.
1: We are the uh, Orange County chapter of the United States Bartenders Guild. Okay. So uh, we, we started this chapter, and it's been like four years of just going and going and going, but we've officially hit our numbers, and we are becoming organized now. And so we're official, and what excites us is bringing the spotlight to Orange County because we get a little bit overlooked sometimes. So tell me exactly. Oh, check it out. Robert's here with some cocktails. Oh, Robert.
0: (laughs) Look at that. I'm going to take a Robert and Ying, the best. Thank you
2: already have one.
0: But you're, got, you're going to finish it. About well, I'm right
2: going to finish right? it, but sharing is caring. There you go. So
0: we just got a drop-off from, we're so hooked up right now, Vinny. We are hooked up. <laughs> oh, no, I should have
2: said yes. Robert
0: from the Blind Rabbit <laughs> just walked up with it. Just There was actually three cocktails just for us. That's and Mar- true. And Mariah Rose. sent hers wow. back. We should have taken hers, too. We should have just taken it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and let me state that this chapter is really gone and becomes something really big. Yeah. But we never would have achieved the uh, amount of attention without Mariah here, doing so much work, <laughs> organizing, awesome. really being a rock star. I am, I'm, a, I'm an older bartender. Most of the bartenders I work are old enough to be my kid. Okay. I wish that I had Mariah's future. Nice. Because there is nothing this young lady is not going to tackle.
2: Well, that's really sweet of you, Benny, but. The key is just to find someone who likes to plan way too much and be in charge. This whole entire time today, <laughs> I'm sitting here, like, sitting on my hands, like, can I help you? What do you need? Like, right. I am bored. Like, let me help you. Yeah, It's not a sense of urgency. It's a sense of control. <laughs> well,
0: you know, what? it's probably also because of the environment that you're used to. You're used to a high pace, yeah. 100 miles an hour. And so if you're not staying busy or staying productive, you're probably feeling like, okay, what's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about how
1: did this whole thing come to be because is everybody here a bartender you know this is a good array of enthusiasts, bartenders uh, people within the tiki culture yeah Uh, it ended up starting as just a basic regular usbg meeting that we do on a monthly basis Um, but i ended up getting a hold of holden from tiki farm yeah and he's like yeah man i'm in like i'll totally let's let's get it going and let's make it work and all it was after that was finding a rum brand, which we have Plantation Rum. Yeah. And uh, Larry helped us out with that. And I um, love Plantation Rum. I Plantation love, Rum is uh, so good. Now,
0: everybody that listens to the podcast knows that I have a rum sponsor. And even my rum sponsor knows that my favorite rum is Plantation <laughs> Well, that's a shout out. Before <laughs> I even started
2: bartending, I was like, "Oh, Plantation, the bottle is really cool." Like, I think right, I like, Plantation like that like that
1: basket weave on the outside <laughs> yeah. or something, right?
0: Yeah. Very Italian with
2: the weaving. Yeah, really
1: cool. yeah, yeah, it's their packaging, their marketing is phenomenal. Uh, getting them, getting you, Adrian. Oh, dude, stop that, dude. We, we, I reached out to you on Facebook. Uh, never have reached out or spoken with you you have been so super cool oh i appreciate that um, benny that's so you, nice of you, you coming and, in? and
0: uh, kudos to you as well because benny's been very professional about this whole thing checking in with me telling me like hey here's what uh, we have some bullet points if you know to help me guide the conversation or or is there anything that you need like let me know if you need anything to get set up and so it's been a, a mutual i think uh, Relationship that's been very nice. So. Well,
1: thank you. I, I hope we
0: get to do more together. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm. I'm going to hold you to that. No, totally. Because yeah, I really want but to. You were. A, you were a big part in us being able. You know, Blind Rabbit. They. Uh, I love Robert and Ying. They are awesome. They. Yeah. They have one of the greatest establishments in Orange County. I agree. I agree. Uh, but they're so busy, and they're opening a new spot. So when I hit them up, they're like, you know, we'd really like to, um, you know. But let let us get back because it's tough. Yeah, yeah. And so then I locked you up, sir, and they were like, count us in. Oh, really? Count (laughs) us in. Oh, that's very nice. So, you know, you're a big part of pulling this all together. That's very nice. Thank you. And for our
0: listeners that don't know, we have the esteemed Sven Kirsten here as well. He's going to be doing a presentation for us.
1: Yeah, he is. You know, uh, Mike from Tiki Farm reached out, told me that they got Sven, and my God, I got all goosebumps. Uh, He's like for bartenders we have Dale DeGroff who is like our godfather you know the king of cocktails Spin is like that in the with the Tiki, the tiki community. community yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: I remember when you called me, you were super excited. It was like listening to someone who just got, like, Justin Bieber tickets. So <laughs> right, like, right, Oh, my goodness, this is happening. And that was Benny. when he was like, okay, this, right, is, right, this right, is what's going right. on. This is a big meeting. And I was yeah. like, this is going to be really fun. I can't wait. So what <laughs>
0: normally happens at these meetings? Is it just like, um, do you normally do, like, do a presentation and, and learn about a specific brand? Or is it people sharing ideas?
2: Generally, these meetings are kind of focused on the sole purpose of getting a lot of bartenders together for a mutual education. So we usually spend the first half of the meeting mingling, catching up. Um, Where are you working at now? What's going on? Like, how is life? All right. And then we kind of get through, do a little bit of an educational with like a presentation on the brand. How can you use the product? Where is the product from? Um, when Benny puts these together, or the team collectively puts them together, everyone is like, "Oh, what brands are we using? How are we going to make this something that people want to learn?" Yeah. So that's yeah. a fun focus of this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This this meeting massively exceeded yeah. just becoming a meeting. It's officially an event. Yeah. And so you know, as much as we want to educate and do that, we want everybody to have a good time and really get their tiki on. So yeah. yeah, you know, it's uh. Now, that's just where we went with it. We've got Alex <laughs> taking
0: photos of us. I've been waiting posts. for. i waiting for the flash so that I could suck out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, I, uh, as well. <laughs> oh, I can read hey, now. You know, let me tell you. Between the shine off my head, you're lucky to get in the picture. I've got i got, so got, got
0: shine on my head right now because I, I always have <laughs> shiny skin. So you know, like, uh, if you look at me, I look like I'm always sweating. You know. I hear you on that. <laughs> I hear you on that. But we're having a good time here at Tiki Farm. It's kind of cool that you timed it this way. I don't know if you know the hashtag Tiki Mug Monday. There's a hashtag Tiki Mug Monday. That's that's just a coincidence. And look how that lines up. We are are at Tiki Farm on Tiki Mug Monday.
2: We should do a challenge today and see who can get the best photo of their favorite Tiki mug and post it on Instagram and and do like a giveaway hashtag.
1: Hashtag Tiki tiki Mug Monday. Oh, man. I think we should. I think I'm going to announce that.
2: That would be a lot of fun. There you
1: go. So, Tiki Mug
0: Monday at Tiki Farm with Sven Kirsten on this presentation. Plantation Rum is also in the house. They're going to be talking about their rum. And then I see Tiki Tony over here, and, and I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, this is actually pretty cool, and this is a nice Monday night for me.
1: Uh, well, thank you. Well, no, I, we I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you including me in this. How often do you have these? Well, we do these once a month. Once so a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, mostly, again, it's for bartenders. Yeah. Uh, tiki Tony, I reached out and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I like your artwork and everything, and I'm a big fan, but I'd like to steal your artwork so I can use the, it yeah, to promote yeah. the event. There and he's go. like, oh, totally. You there know, you go. A lot of art, a lot of people who are artists are like, oh no, no, oh, don't I saw share that. my work. I
0: saw that on the post. And he says, oh, thanks for using my artwork. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Super thought, like, cool. The
2: pineapple guy, that was so cute. Oh, it so, is. Like, where Did you get that?
0: Did you get one of the pins? I did
2: not get a pin. Well, oh, oh, we got we to get it. That is the one I'm, what I'm, I'm talking about. Tiki Tony. <laughs> Tiki Tony. Tiki Tony. Tiki Tony. Tiki Tony. Tiki Tony. Tiki Tony. Come here.
0: We're going to. We're. He doesn't like being on the show anymore. Apparently, i you here. We're going to have
2: to
3: put him. Here, come, I come mentioned
2: the post and how there was this adorable little pineapple guy, oh. and they questioned if I had gotten a pin.
3: Uh, I have one right here. Uh, there, it is. there
0: So, you go. Oh my
2: so yeah. look at this it's pin so now, now. Look at this. <laughs> look at the
0: sparkly stuff
3: on it. What do you call he that? Is
2: so cute. glitter, like sparkles. Glitter, see
3: <laughs> glitter. Big Big Ed from the car world calls that metal, metal flake. flake. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hot <laughs> rudder, obviously. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not macho enough to call it metal so flake. metal
2: flake. Okay, metal well,
3: flake. Okay. I I would just say glitter. Glitter.
2: <laughs> happiness on a pen, yeah. I
0: mean... Now, you have works. another pin on your shirt, Tony. Oh, Tell yeah. us about that.
3: It's, it's from the Blind Rabbit.
0: Oh, did they give that to
3: you? Yeah, I just right. got it right now. Oh, oh nice. They do a flaming... And they,
1: they have Metal look, Flake on it, too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I think it's glitter. A, a glitter, <laughs> Sorry, Robert.
1: I think that cocktail is called Wait For It. So if you go to the Blind Rabbit... Oh,
0: I know that, that cocktail, one. It's called Wait Wait a second. It. Is that the one that they put on... The, in the smoker? or this is a separate one uh, no it's where
1: they light the whole tray yeah the whole tray and the whole tray is on fire yeah, Then they spray just, it they spray the whole thing with so the to smoke. the best of my knowledge yeah, I, I'm yeah, hoping yeah. I'm correct no, I've had, the, I've had this that this is before. now being recorded it's a yeah. good, it's yeah. a they good were, drink they were talking before. about it. he
3: said this is based on a flaming drink they have Oh, and I said, nice. "Oh, the flaming mo." <laughs> <laughs> no, I just no. want
2: to know who's on fire extinguisher duty, just in case. Like you see well, the video of the cocktail, and who's standing back there with the extinguisher? Yeah, when well, we were
3: at uh, Halei Pele, I was thinking that because it's all like wood and thatch, and like these huge flame balls go up. Oh no! It's scary.
0: I'm thinking that when the building department goes through and inspects these places before they give them the green light, they have no clue that no half the stuff they're serving is going to be lit on fire. Right.
1: Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We don't have to worry about flaming drinks here in
3: Tiki Farm. And it's not like... It's <laughs> all know, ceramics. You know, it's funny. Right behind you, there's a thing that's a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh, and and there's, there's, no fire there's no fire extinguisher. It's, but it's pointing at you. It's right? gone. You, it's pointing at my backpack. For the listeners, they can't see. There's like a shadow of what used to be the fire extinguisher. Well, you know, there's it's not.
0: ceramic. You know, somebody said to me one time, they asked, they got one of my mugs and they asked me, is this dishwasher safe? And I... I replied, well, it was fired in a kiln at like 2,500 degrees. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the dishwasher doesn't get that hot. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> so, not to diss whoever asked me that. I don't remember who it was, but I'm not going to It gonna was dis- me. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Now, now, speaking of drinkware, does the Bartenders Guild have anything like that? Do you guys have like, glasses or
1: anything? Uh, we don't have an official mug or any glassware. We're gonna work on that because uh, I came here and they showed me like Texas chapter has oh do they Texas really USBG chapter has a mug in there I know so we gotta work on that do they really and, since we're on mugs who ended up getting their Disney uh, Trader Sam's uh, I bet Tony got one get one. On.
3: Oh, the, the, wait, the hitchhike or the the hat box? The hat box. Yeah. I got one, yeah. Good for you. A fan of mine. But, but he, you didn't have to stand in line. No, dude. I didn't have to go.
1: I got See, offered like four Tony's of them. Tony's got street my, my cred, friend, man. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. He's got
3: street cred, dude.
1: That is that is street cred, because I stood in that line for three and you a half did? hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I oh, wish so you yeah, got off yeah, light,
0: because there's people who stood in that line for seven. What's that? There's people who stood in that line for seven.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, those people that light. showed up early. I know how Disney works, because I used to be a bartender at Disney. And so they're going to make you wait, and they're going to keep that line going. But in the middle, they're in the middle of it. They're going to put on extra cashiers to roll through, because uh, yeah. they all want to go home at the end of the day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know. So, uh, and I love, I love Disney. I got, oh, I was man. very lucky to, uh, even though I was a bartender at a different spot, I got to do a couple of shifts at Trader Sam's with Kelly and the boys. Oh, yeah. And Where, uh, what other spot did you bartend at? I bartended at the uh, Hearthstone Lounge in the Grand California. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I napped there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a big fireplace. There is, right? right Yeah. And it's dark and quiet. And when I would take my kids, and they would, man, sometimes you just need 20 minutes, and
1: I would sit in those big chairs and out like a light, man. It's, it's it's very comfortable. A, it's a mandatory. You do Disney, you need a nap. But I know, Disney. and I know,
0: if you're bartending there, I know you've seen other dads sleep in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Need a dad
2: like nap zone, like a drop your dad off. It's a
0: secret spot. <laughs> it's a secret by the spot. fire
2: pit. Secret.
0: <laughs> it is a secret spot. There, it's a cool spot. There have been times when I was driving around, being so tired, and Tony has to relate to this because of how far away you live. Yeah. And I thought, like, I just need a, a short nap and i see these like massage parlors on the side of the road and i think i just want to go in there and say like what does it cost for a massage and pay them for it and tell them i just want to sleep leave me alone and then <laughs> sleep on their bed right uh, how much for 30 minutes <laughs> Whatever it is, all right. Here it is. Okay, I don't actually want a massage. Yes. I just want it. I just want to sleep. Don't so, touch and me. And then close the door. Yeah, just close the door. And like, when you
1: when you go in, do you ask for the happy napping? The happy napping. I'll take well, the happy I, napping, well, napping, please. Well,
0: this, the thing is, I haven't, I haven't actually. I'm too chicken to go in, because knowing my luck, I'm gonna go in and it's gonna get raided when oh. I go in. Right.
1: <laughs> and i to be like,
0: no, I'm just here for a nap. Sure, sure you, you are. are <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Oh, no. I know Benny's thinking, boy, that conversation turned. <laughs> I think
2: Benny just got an idea to go
0: take a nap next. Uh, we went, we went know, from
1: Disney to happy napping. My wife would track my phone, find me at that massage parlor, right, and all my would be it'd be it be troublesome. Aww, I love your wife. I love my wife hard. too. My wife is my my wife is a reason I'm able to do these things. Yeah. She takes on those extra duties that aren't as rewarding, but because I have my wife doing that, I'm able to to really do. What's your, what's your wife's thing. name? Let's shout my out. wife is Nicole, and my little girl Simone. Shout out to Nicole and Simone. <laughs> she hates that I call her a little girl, but I love you, baby. How old is she? <laughs> uh, she's twelve. Oh yeah, I can see uh, why they would hate that. Yeah, yeah. Hate that, that. I she's like that to heard. do that on the radio, though. So right. <laughs> yeah. I'll make her listen to the episode now. Does she have an Instagram yet? No, we're talking about getting her uh, her first cell phone. We've said no Instagram. We did find out that she has a YouTube channel, but she's not putting anything on it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely controlled social media. That's why my wife, she's she's there all the time. She stays at home. She makes sure everything works out. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to point out to Mariah that my drink is empty, but because I took an extra one.
2: <laughs> oh
3: my god.
2: All right, oh. all right. I'm taking the drink smart, man. Bam. I will get another one. It will happen. <laughs> we,
1: we should talk about all the things that Mariah has going on. Yeah, let's talk about she... that.
2: Some things are off limits. Well, well
1: <laughs> some of it. Bring up some of it.
2: Um, I don't even, not, I don't like to talk about myself, no.
1: No, okay, so I'll talk about it for her. <laughs> Mariah is, uh, runs Tribune and 100 North in downtown Fullerton. Oh, nice. She is just sweeping that area. Very. Uh, it's a very tight cocktail community in downtown fullerton and so she has done a great job at bringing everyone together there uh putting together an amazing cocktail program and um you know she's 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 killing it like i said i really wish i had her future tribune and where What's that? Tribune. Tribune? And
0: 100 or North. Or 100, so if you've ever 100 North. been like
2: downtown Fullerton at yeah, all, yeah. the old Tuscany Club that's been there for twenty-five years yeah, yeah. got a complete facelift last year in uh, December. Okay. So we remodeled it to be more of like a speedcraft cocktail lounge. Okay. So we've got cocktails on draft, we do just casual dining. It is not fun putting cocktails on draft. When you know nothing about it, and then you're sitting there I, for 10 I hours. I don't think I know anybody who's dry. done it's cocktails not fun.
0: <laughs> cocktails on draft, that's a new one, right? I mean, this is not like uh, what, do we, what do they call that when they pre-batch is it pre-batched or? Pre-
2: pre-batched yeah but then when you're putting them on draft like you, now you're messing with CO2 right. yeah, you're messing yeah, with yeah, nitro yeah. Uh, it became a thing in New York like five years ago when like the first published article about it was okay. um, so it was a lot of fun um, it's like trying to do surgery when no one's done surgery yet I'm like I don't know how to do this okay <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of fun and then we have our speakeasy tribune hidden behind an actual hidden door you gotta find the door to pull in and it's cool because like, if people are coming in late night, we have nightclubs. So you're trying to find a speakeasy or dressed all fancy, but you're coming into a nightclub. Is there a
0: dress code there?
2: There is a dress code. Okay. Yeah. So
0: I can't show up in a Hawaiian shirt? You
2: can show up in a Hawaiian shirt. You have to just, wear pants, Adrian. Yeah. Make sure you're wearing your pants and no take napping. off your flip flops. Oh, no <laughs> nappy allowed. No happy nappies.
0: No happy
3: nappies. I can't see this, but Adrian is just wearing a Hawaiian just shirt a Hawaiian right shirt.
0: <laughs> just a Hawaiian shirt. That's how I roll. <laughs> And it's silky. Feel it. <laughs> I know. Your eyes are up there. <laughs> well, we're certainly having a good time tonight, and I appreciate being invited to this. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, for I look forward us. to doing yeah. this again, so I hope I'm invited to the next one.
1: <gasps> oh, of course. Of course. Oh, we're, we're happy to have you. I think we're
0: about halfway through the night
1: yeah. now. Am I right? We are. Okay,
0: so what do we uh, have going for the rest of the night? What can we expect?
1: Well, we have a. Uh, a rum presentation by Plantation Rum. We're going to get to do some tastings on about three of the rums there. He's going to do us a little talk through. Tell him uh, tell us about what he's got going on with Plantation and what they're up to. Uh, then we have Sven giving us the whole down lowdown on tiki culture and how it began and really uh, the cool. essence of it. Pretty cool. So
0: When does Tony come up?
1: Uh <laughs> Tony, when are I'm, you coming? I'm
3: up right now. This is it. <laughs> Oh no, no, no! It's
1: gonna happen. Let's, gonna let's throw happen. Tony on.
3: What, what Tony? No, I'm good. What do you got going More on behind the scenes? I've seen the tiki mugs. That's I'm waiting for the <laughs> but the, here new, we are. the new
1: blue
3: Tony's blue new
1: gr- green glaze you have going. You have the brown glaze he's out the, now. He's like the tiki rock star, right? <laughs> I
3: don't know. With about those that. mugs, right? Yeah, he is. I just I love what I do, and I just I do feel lucky that people like. What I've been doing, so. living the dream. Can't, can't complain. Dream. Yeah, Thank awesome.
0: <laughs> well, well, let's um, let's wrap this up so that we can listen to Plantation and. That's awesome, Adrian. Thank awesome. you for everything. Very going. cool. Thank you for having me. Thanks, hey. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for joining us, Tony. I know. Thank you. I know you hate you it when I pull you and yeah, I, I. You know, like Tony, sometimes I'll just call him out of the blue. And he'll say, am I on the
3: podcast right now?
2: <laughs> Are you recording? <laughs> yeah, the last
3: time I was chasing my daughter at Disneyland, she had picked up like a pretzel off the ground. Right. And I, he's recording. And I'm like, no, no, don't eat that. And she eats it. And I'm like, ah. And,
0: and he's like, up. I got to go. My daughter just picked something up off the ground. And then he hangs up. And then the people in the room said, well, he got us off the phone really fast. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, so thanks for playing along, Tony. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, All thank right. you, Tony. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you appreciate so much. It. And for our listeners out there, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with some plantation rum. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Thank you. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to desertoasisroom.com and click on services. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Raised Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at steadfastpomade.com.
4: I'm here tonight with my friend, Swen, who we just met. We each have a two-hour presentation, so you'll be here till maybe 11.30 or so, but not really. But, you know, you want to say anything? Uh, we have the plantation uh, pineapple, our very first that we're going to be tasting on, right here, if anyone wants to grab it. I love the serving, but it's a lot of work. Okay. Since we're starting first with the uh, plantation pineapple, let me explain a little bit about plantation pineapple. The plantation pineapple was conceived in Cognac, France. Can you all hear me? No. Okay. Let's see. They're grabbing the plantation pineapple. They're grabbing. Okay. It's five dollars a shot, by the way. Okay. Regardless, but uh, it was uh, David Wandrich, who was a uh, historical writer, talked the owner of our company, uh, Alexander Gabriel, into uh, to making this for Tales of the Cocktail, and there were sixty six cases made in. Distributed uh, during Tales of the Cocktail. And we really weren't going to do anything with it other than do that, simply because everybody thought it was a spiced rum, but it's really not a spiced rum. That rum is made from the Victoria pineapple, which comes from the uh, s- small isle of Reunion off the Indonesian coast. And we harvest those pineapples twice a year, and they're, and they're a smaller pineapple than what, what is normal. And, you know, what we do is we hand make this, so they cut the pineapple up, okay, take the skin, and it is macerated into our, our, our three-star rum, and they take the flesh and they, that's chopped up, and they put that in mesh bags, and they hang it into a, our, our original dark, and our original dark is, is an 80-proof rum that is uh, Jamaican and, and Trinidad, and uh, the Jamaican rum is a still. the Trinidad is a column still. We take those two items, okay, and we hold them separately, and then after we've macerated the the, uh, skins, and we redistill it, okay, and then over a period of maybe 90 days or whatever they feel they have to do, they put it together and slap it in a bottle, and away we go to the United States, and we were the first uh, state California to have it, and uh, Europe didn't have it for a long time, but it just keeps growing and growing for us. I think it's an outstanding, tasteable item. When you taste it, you're going to taste the dark rum first, and you're going to taste the pineapple on the back end of it. It's great for sipping by itself. It's great in Mai Tais, daiquiris. Uh, I personally don't care for it in a pina colada, but, you know, that's just me. You know, but I drink it, so, okay? So those are the, that's the first one we're going to taste tonight. And then we're going to taste some other things as we go on, okay? Uh, a little bit about my company as we go, okay? Okay. Um, it says plantation. Well, plantation is part of our company, and our company is called Maison Ferrand. And it's basically a cognac company, we're very, you know, artisanal from the standpoint. Until a year and a half ago, we only had 50 employees. And those 50 employees entailed the ones that were in sales, the ones that were in marketing, the ones that worked in the fields, the ones that, you know, worked in the warehouse, put the orders together, and then all of a sudden we became 104 employees. How do we do that? That's kind of amazing, you know. We bought a distillery in Barbados. <laughs> and there happened to be 54 people there, and uh, we kept them all. Uh, the reason we bought the distillery in Barbados, because most of our products okay, have a Barbados base, Barbados uh, rum base. And uh, so we bought that. But in addition to that, we were fortunate that we were also able to secure an interest in two different uh, distilleries in the Isle of Jamaica. Uh, One is Claridon, okay, and the other one is uh, Long Pond, okay? And uh, along with us, the uh, Jamaican government also owns part of it, and then there's another investor in it too. The uh, Claridon distillery had been inoperable for about eight years, and we got it back online. It's going forward. And a lot of you know about, a lot about rum. Some of you may not. But in, in every uh, distillery in the Caribbean, there's always a dunder or what they call a mud pit. Okay, And you have to keep that mud pit alive because that's where you get your yeast from when you make your, your rums. And you, you, you want to profile your product to make sure it's the best. Okay, that was kept alive by some of the people at that particular distillery for eight years, which is really pretty amazing. I mean, it's really kind of nutso, but it's fun. You know, just we don't fall in it or anything, so. Questions? No? So they, the, the company was closed, but the employees kept it alive? There were two people that were there, and they kept it alive. Uh, they kept the dunder pit, you know, or the mud pit, whatever you want to call it, so. Yeah, which is really kind of neat. You know, it's pretty, pretty neat, so. Okay, a little bit about you know an invitation to explore rum. Y'all know, as you get older, you have to wear glasses. You know that, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, our first slide will talk a little bit about the overview of the rum industry. Okay, sugarcane did not originate from the Caribbean. It was uh, instead brought from Southeast Asia the end of the 15th century, sugarcane was brought to the Caribbean by Christopher Columbus, of all people. Okay. Mid-17th century, the first distillation of rum took place using molasses and Barbados. Nowadays, rum is made all over the world. Uh, rum, the production process is, you know, you have molasses, you have yeast, you have mash, you have water, you have fermentation, distillation, and pure alcohol. Sugarcane is a is a grass mainly used for sugar production. What we do we look for in sugar is high sugar content, high fiber content, strong and resistant body. Different products made from cane sugar: rum, okay, also molasses, sugarcane syrup, sugarcane. You know, agricole rums are also made from from the juice. If you all have a question as I go through this, let me know. I could go through it again if there are no.
1: Okay second one that
4: you want whenever you're ready we have all of them for it so just let us know which the second one is and we'll make sure that okay you are you all ready for the second one <laughs> all right let's go with the uh the, the Barbados uh 20th anniversary Benny Barbados 20th anniversary Barbados. Okay. there are a lot of different distillation uh Processes that take place. Some are column still, some are pot still. And uh, we use both. In our distillery in Barbados, which we just bought a year and a half ago in March, Uh, we have both column and pot still. And the two distilleries that we have in Jamaica, they are both pot stills. And an interesting fact is that of all the rum distilled in the world, only a half a percent of the rum is done in a pot still, you know, only a half a percent. But it's the,
1: the traditional way, right? It's
4: the traditional way, okay? And us being a cognac producer, you know, cognac is produced in pot stills, small 25-hectoliter pot stills. And with our rums, uh, even though they're, we buy some in different countries, Panama, you know, some in Jamaica that we don't, you know, actually distill, and some that, uh, you know, from wherever they come in the world. We take all those rums, okay, back to cognac and we put those rums into a cognac cask. Question?
1: I do a question. So, with everything else being equal, how does the profile change between copper still versus
4: cotton still? You'll see it right here in a minute. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A copper still brings a heavier character and smaller flavors to the rum, endowing it with higher complexity. It tends to produce rums that are powerful and of great character. Column still produces more flavors with less complexity, tends to produce lighter, sweeter rums. Anybody questions? I hear some people talking in the back. Do you need questions? No. I can't hear you. You mean, what does it come off the first time? Uh, the first time, and mean, what do you think? It, depend it. it depends, because we have... Uh, some of the column stills are very, very high, okay? So we usually have it over, way over 100 proof, okay? And usually on the second distill, we have it down somewhere between 90 and 100, okay? And we use a process called Elvage, which will take me two hours to explain, okay, because we reduce the actual... Uh, proof of the product, with water over a period of time rather than shocking it all at once. Got it? Okay. Uh, the person you see there on the left, his name is Alexander Gabriel. He is the owner of the, uh, not only the uh, the plantation rum distilleries and brands, but he also owns all the cognac distilling products. Uh, people say, you know, well, you're small. Yeah, we really are small, you know, uh, you know, we, we we do you know cognac, and we're uh, an artisanal. You know, but Hennessy spills more in a day than we make in a year. You know, so but ours tastes better, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So um, he is fifty-two years old. He is the sole owner of the distillery. Uh, he started the distillery when he was, mm, I think he bought it when he was twenty-three. Okay, and uh, you know he's he's. And the money that he had, that he started with, was not family, friends, and fools. I mean, it was he and a partner at the time, you know, and they went out and did whatever they had to do to to make it work. And we've grown from that product, from that premise to where we are today. What makes Plantation Rum so special? Plantation Rum is the fourth most iconic brand ranked by the world's top 50 bars. That's... Pretty neat saying that we're totally a molasses product, okay, and that's where we're ranked. And, uh, you know, if you look at us a little bit closer, sometimes we're even more than that. These are the first among the rums. Yes, you know, the awards you see here are at Rum Fest from Florida, and every year we, you know, if there's ten awards, we usually win eight, you know, which, which is really pretty neat, okay. Now, you're looking, or you're going to drink here, you're going to taste a product which is our 20th anniversary, and it's kind of a neat story from the 20th anniversary because it's an 80 proof rum you're going to taste it it's going to taste coconut you're going to taste vanilla you're going to taste some maybe a little bit of uh, lavender you can taste some date okay and but what's so unique about it is that Alexander who owns the company is is a very uh, articulate very concise hands-on owner and you know, he keeps track of all his barrels. And one day he's going like, you know, I'm scratching my head and there's something wrong here because I'm missing barrels and I don't know where they are. All my employees have been with me for a long time. I can't imagine anybody stealing anything. After about a year and a half of, you know, kind of scratching his head and I think it was on his birthday, they walked in the room and said, you know, here's the 20th anniversary rum, you didn't blend this, we did, you know, and it's happy birthday. That's where my barrels went, you know, so he, he got it, he got it, okay, and that's exactly what happened. It's kind of a unique story because you don't really see that a lot, and I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a close-knit family. I mean, most of them have been there for, well, I've been there for nine years, so, you know, and I've been in the business for, I can't talk about that. <laughs> okay. Bourbon barrels, uh, aging. Okay, and by bourbon barrels, uh, they used to use, in the distillation of rum, they used to use cognac casks. And we used to sell them, cognac casks, to the rum producers. But if you're selling a used cognac cask for 1,500 euros, and all of a sudden somebody over in the Caribbean goes, I can buy a rum barrel for used for $35, and then after I'm done with it, I can sell it to the Scotch company for $150, and that's exactly what what's taken place. Okay, so what you see in the aging there it's it's uh, you know it's it's some bourbon barrels, and then it goes to cognac casks, and which is a double aging you know cask once in the Caribbean and once in cognac, uh, unique plantation double aged rum, a showcase of the Caribbean. And it's a finished product. But what a lot of people don't understand in the terroir, which is the, the climate, okay, you're dealing with a Caribbean climate that's uh, very humid, uh, you know, temperature's pretty similar. But you put that rum on a boat and you ship it to France on the ocean, and it rocks, boom, 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 you know, in the boat. And when you get to France, I mean, you have a lot of temperature variations and climates. I mean, you have snow in Cognac. You have rain you know, you have freezing temperatures, so it's, uh, you know, it adds to the actual maturity of that particular rum. We hold our rums in a cognac cask anywhere from 18 months to three years, okay? Hunting down the best batches from different countries, understanding each island's culture, and seeking out terroir and style. I think I just covered that a little bit. Uh, all plantations are finished in small cognac casks at Chateau de Beaubonnet, okay? And because we're a Grand Cru cognac producer, our chateau is not in the Grand Cru area. It's just a little bit outside, but, you know, it's a nice building, and we have all our administrative offices there and everything. We do all of our blending there with rums, and, you know, and it's it's basically a 350-liter cask that we're working with. What do we do when we're nurturing rums? Constantly dealing between dry and humid cellars. We do the same thing with our cognacs, okay? A dry cellar is concrete floor. New, usually new casks, okay? Metal risers to put the casks on. A moist cellar is dirt floor, Okay? Spider webs all over the place, okay? Faces, the morning sun, not the evening sun. Cobwebs, like I said, all over the place. I know the first time I took a group there, and they went to the dry cellar, and they said, oh, this is really neat. And then they went to the moist cellar, and the questions were, can't you guys get rid of those spider webs? Well, we really can't get rid of the spider webs because, you know, the spider webs support the spiders that eat the worms that eat the wood. Oh, well are you gonna irrigate out in the fields where the cognac is? No, you can't do that. Why? It's illegal. What happens if you do? They put you in jail. Yeah. You know? So you know, so what happens? So what happens is is that where we are, the uh, where our actual vineyards are, there's about three hundred acres in the one plot and one acreage. And the the chalk is about eight or nine feet deep. And we're supported the rainfall supports that chalk and that's where we get the moisture to to actually help the vines grow. It broke. Oh. What do we do when we're nuturing rums? Using the wood strength and restaving of the oaks when needed. So it's called the Vage. So what we do is, in the, in the casks that we have, when we're profiling a rum, we want it to be the same each year, or as close as it can be each year that we make it, Okay, or each batch that we make it. So sometimes we have to take a steak out of a barrel and we put a new steak in. And sometimes what that does is adds acidity to it, you know, or adds something else to it, whatever they're trying to accomplish. Okay, so we have just in cognac, we have 60,000 barrels of rum. Okay, remember we're small, artisanal. Okay, Uh, we have 18,000 barrels of cognac. In our distillery in Barbados, we have twenty thousand casks of two hundred liter rum. You yeah, have your own Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't trust anybody with your stuff. <laughs> she asked, "Do we have our own coopers, You know, our blending halls?" Yes, we do. Whenever you're ready for Jamaica. For who? Jamaica. Oh. Now, our our blending capacity, what we have right now, is 60,000 barrels of rum, 18,000 barrels of cognac. And do you hold your rum the same standard as your cognac, even though it's not regulated? We treat our rum the same way we treat our cognac, okay? Because it's like any good producer, and there's a lot of different good producers and brands, Okay. You, what's in the bottle is what makes you. It's not whether the bottle looks great, okay. It's what's in the bottle. I mean, what's in the bottle. As long as the juice and the product is very good, you know, then that's what you're. That's what it's all about. If, if you don't do that, then you're usually on the bottom shelf someplace in some store at five ninety nine for you know seven fifty or something like that, and you know, so you mix it with Coke and then don't drink it. You throw it away. <laughs> Was there a question? No? Okay. Processing the water progressive reductions method known as Le Petit C. And I don't speak French well, so I'd probably kill that if some of you to do speak French probably know. Okay. Which means basically that we reduce the, the alcohol content of our pro, of our product very slowly rather than shock it. And the reason we do that is so if you shock something all at once, I mean, you break those molecules down a lot faster than if you do it over a gradual period of time. Uh, it's kind of like what we do with our cognacs. We double distill our cognac. The first distillation comes off at 70. The second one comes off at 140. Then we put it into barrels. Then we t- do a process, which is Elvage. And the reason I'm explaining this to you is because it's kind of like what we do with the rums, but not quite. So that Elvage process is then we take empty cognac barrels that are still wet, and we put toasted sugar water into those barrels. So what does that mean? Well, that means that we have water in those barrels, and because of that barrel being wet, okay, that water, toasted sugar water that you put in that barrel will absorb some of the alcohol that's still in that, you know, in those steaks in that barrel. So you're going to have a water in there that's not rancid, but it has, you know, somewhere between 28 and 32 proof, you know, and you add that to your distillate as you bring it down, okay, so that's part of the ovage process, okay, and just so you know, all the products we have, they taste uh, 2,500 items every 90 days. They don't swallow, but they just, you know, taste some.
1: <laughs>
4: okay, plantation rums, okay. Here you see sipping rums, H rums, well-balanced, multi-layered. Okay. This, we pretty much are transparent on what we do with our products. What happened to my question? Pro- oh, there you are. You slouched down so somebody could okay. see over. Okay. And we, we pretty much tell you exactly what happens with each one of our products. It's either on the back of the bottle, on the label, okay, or there's a sales sheet. And uh, we tell you exactly what's going on with it, where it comes from, you know, how, how, what the fermentation process is, whether it's pot still and column or both, you know, the color, you know, what the nose is, uh, palette. So if you've got somebody coming over and you're making them drinks and you don't know anything about it, you read the back of the label and you can really impress them,
1: you know, yeah.
4: you know really. Okay. Barbados. Uh, this is probably one of our biggest sellers uh, you tasted the 20th anniversary okay which was you know probably a 14 year old drinkable rum by what what do I mean by that what what I mean by that is you have several years that are blended into that rum that you can say it's actually drinkable 14 years and you've got to be able to prove it just like on our cognacs if we say it's a certain age and it's blended. You have to be able to prove it. And in France, the government actually makes you show them that. And if, if you lie, again, it's five months in jail for the owner or the general manager. Seriously, really. age,
2: 14, could be higher age ones
4: in there as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't get to 14. <laughs> Here's the one you just tasted, okay. And it's Barbados. It's molasses, three to five days. pot still in column. 8 to 10 years, you know. Cognac aging is 2 to 10 years. And it tells you a little bit about the color and everything else. We changed the package about 3 years ago. The item sells for somewhere between $55 and $65. You know, depending on what store you go to. I think it's just a beautiful product. Myself. Uh, age brands. Okay. We have a couple... I talked about the original dark, and the three-star, which is a white rum, and, uh, you know, that's three different islands, okay, it's Barbados, Jamaica, and Trinidad, and, you know, there's not a lot of age to it, but they're all blended together, they're all distilled in those countries, taken islands, taken back to uh, France, put in copper barrel, I mean, cognac barrels, copper barrels. Okay, here's the three-star. And it tells you it's molasses. It's Trinidad, Barbados, and Jamaica. 72 hours in Barbados and Trinidad, two weeks in Jamaica on fermentation. You know, it's Barbados is column and pot. Trinidad is column. Jamaica is pot. So we, we tell you exactly what's going into it, okay, and how we make it. Question?
0: You're talking about terroir. Um, so where, where is your sourced from that makes the molasses well?
4: From a lot of different places, wherever we can buy the best Sugar. What we don't, we don't buy the sugar cane. We buy the molasses. Okay? Or the distilled product. Is okay to
1: do Jamaica
4: now? Oh, it's okay to do Jamaica now.
1: Guys, if you want Jamaica, we have it in the back. Let it
4: continue. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the Jamaica that you're going to taste. Okay? Because you, you won't see a slide here. Okay? The Jamaica. Can you all hear me? Okay. The Jamaica uh, comes from. Uh, I told you earlier about the two distil, dis, distilleries we picked up in Jamaica. Okay. And those two distilleries, we have a uh, one to three year old blend of Jamaican rum. Okay. It's 86 proof. The fermentation period is about three weeks. And usually, when you have a longer fermentation process, it always comes from an island like Jamaica, simply because you get more flavor. It takes a longer time to ferment, and you want to make sure that you've got the right type of, you know, not terroir, but product in, that you can build it with. Uh, when you taste this, it's, again, like it's 86 proof. doesn't taste like it. It's, it's a little bit dry, but it really mixes very, very well, you know, and uh, it's in the punch you guys are going to try or if you haven't tried it already. Question? No? Maybe? Also, I was asked earlier about what do we do about, uh, you know, some different labels, okay? Distilled in one batch over a specific year, the essence of the Caribbean. We go to different islands and we select different vintage items. Some are 2003, some are 2005, and we buy those. But we don't buy them each year. In other words, you're not going to see a two, three, four, five, you know, 6 progression. Simply because... We're very selective, or the owner is very selective in what he purchases, how he buys it, and what it tastes like. So if it's not good, he's not going to buy it, and you're going to see a gap in that. Or if it's not to his standard. Wrong statement. You know, he won't He won't buy it. Probably very good. It's just not up to his standard. Oh, did you bring me one? Oh, man, you're the best. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> God, that's good, isn't it? So you're going to see a lot of these different vintages, and those vintages are usually somewhere between 8 and 15 years old. Okay? Like there's some Trinidad that's out there that's 15. There's some uh, Barbados that's 12. Okay? There's some Jamaican that's uh, right now we're just releasing a 2005. You know, So that's 13 years old. Here you can see a Barbados that's 42% by volume, which is 84 proof. It's molasses, three, day, three days old, still in column, 11 years in Barbados, 18 months in cognac casks in cognac. Here you see a Nicaragua, okay. nine, year, nine years in Nicaragua, 18 months in cognac. Here you see a Panama. Okay, again, 84 proof. Somebody's going to ask me a question, why are they 84 proof? Why
2: are they 84
4: proof? Ah, very good. Okay, one is consistency, okay. Two, we have a lot of people, you know, um, restaurants, bars, that sometimes will make a punch, okay. And when you make a punch, or you're making a mixed drink with one of these, and you're getting a very premium price for it, when you mix it, okay, with ice or whatever else, you're going to dilute the proof of that particular product. That's why we try and make sure that we always have a product that's at a certain proof to really show off exactly what we have in that bottle. I have a quick
2: question. Um, you raised that and your other products. Do you a lot of whiskey drinkers migrating and going externally to the
4: rum lately? The question was, are there some whiskey drinkers um, going to rum what we see as an industry is that if you go back and look at, like, bourbons, and I used to work for Jim Beam, okay, and it's very cyclical. It goes up and down, up and down. Then what we had was vodka. Vodka went crazy. And then we had tequila, and tequila went crazy. So what you're seeing now is not so much that cycle, but what you're seeing is people, you know, I mean, you were if you were drinking Bacardi and Coke, you were drinking that, but what you're seeing now is people are... And I'm sure Sven will probably talk about this a little bit. You're seeing people that'll actually stepping up in price wise and quality wise in rum because it's it's a brand new experience. It's a brand new not product, but it's a brand new direction that people are going in. You know, I myself I never drank Bacardi, but I drank you, you know <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I drank a thing called Belly High and vodka. Yeah, go blind after three, but it was okay.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, anyhow, anyhow, but uh, anyhow, so what you're seeing is you're seeing a migration, you know, people actually going to, you're uh, seeing more and more, you know, restaurant bars that are promoting rum. You're seeing more and more uh, rum companies. And, you know, everybody, not everybody makes the best thing in the world, not everybody makes the worst thing in the world. But there are a lot of good products out there, you know. You just have to be selective in what you try and taste. And what you like, you like, you
0: know. As long as it starts with plantation. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is, folks. Part one of our night with the Orange County U.S. Bartender Guild's Tiki Night. Check back next week for part two of this series, where we chat with the team behind the Blind Rabbit and listen in on Sven Kirsten's Symposium on Polynesian Pop and the Birth of Tiki Style in Mainland America. Until then, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout-out, stop by our group page on Facebook, Inside the Desert Oasis Room. And if you want to check out previous episodes or any of our podcast-related merch, go to desertoasisroom.com. Cheers and aloha.